0: Samarov. Today I talked to Rick Rezzo about his band 11th Dream Day, uh, his many years of teaching school and college kids, uh, his time uh, working for A.C. Nielsen and travels uh, through and about uh, the music world landscape. I hope you enjoy the talk as much as I did. What's, uh, what's your morning like
1: so far? I drove kids to school, got (laughs) some groceries, got some work done with my classes, uh, graded some papers, you know, Um, not papers, but. What are you teaching um, these days? Well, I've got two different classes going. One's linguistics at North Park University. And then the other one's songwriting at Columbia. Mm. I'm just getting the, I got, I got that squared away this morning. And so. The day is wide open now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Are, are, are those uh, online or in person these days? Is everything better? Uh, they're now? in person.
1: Yeah. Um, it's kind of hybrid, but I've yeah. really enjoyed going back face-to-face. One, uh, Columbia is still wearing masks in the classroom, mm.
0: uh,
1: even though they have vaccination and then North Park is completely open.
0: Yeah, it's sort of the, like the Wild West now in that, in that respect yeah, with the
1: mask-no-mask
0: yeah, yeah. The no mask thing. Hey, I've got four shots in me. <laughs> me too. I, I got my fourth yeah. the first day it was available. I was like, fuck it. Why why not? just Just play it safe.
1: I know. And people like, were saying, like, well, I don't know about that fourth one. Like, well, it's, you know, through three, it's been pretty decent. Why not?
0: I know you know, I know i'm not
1: gonna why 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 not take well, advantage?
0: yeah, we've found out we have a lot of amateur doctors out there,
1: and yeah.
0: scientists who know better because they yeah, do the, well, they do their own research,
1: <laughs> yeah, Microsoft wants me to uh, you know get the next version anyway, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> of my so- my new software, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I I recently uh the I'm I'm on a Mac and the, the the Mac decided to you know have their latest updates which involved no longer recognizing my printer or scanner. That was enjoyable.
1: Oh God, yeah. <laughs>
0: they do this. Per- to... They periodically do this, the, the fuckers, you know, to make you buy new shit. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I need to talk to a genius sometime myself. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I was in I was in uh, involved talks with with a genius uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you know to coincide with my my new excitement about recording conversations,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, my my laptop uh, went kaput, and I had to wow, I had to I had to the the genius uh, fussed around with it for an hour and couldn't solve it, so it had to be wow. sent in, and, and I was relegated to using. Uh, an ipad which i've realized is a fucking toy that's not a real Mm. that's not a real computer (laughs) no (laughs) it can't you know yeah it was incredibly frustrating (laughs) to try to sound
1: great so whatever you're doing it's working
0: yeah it's yeah it's it's all right yeah and it's uh this weird program that uh, i I think it's based in europe clean feed i don't know but all they do is audio and they just send the one link and then it it disappears, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, when it connects right, it's pretty good because I get, you know, your track and my track so I can screw around with the levels very easily, you know, because Mm -hmm. invariably it seems that one person speaks louder than the other, you know,
1: Uh, seems like
0: that happens a lot. Uh, So, yeah, huge learning curve for me, you know, unlike you, I I, I haven't spent much time in recording, you know, anything really. Yeah. (laughs) so what are what are the kids into the like the the song uh in in the columbia class what are, are they...
1: oh i mean it's, generally when i ask them what their song of the year is it's something that i have no idea i've never heard of the band or uh-huh. the artist um, <laughs> maybe like 80 percent yeah you know um but then you know when i look at who's coming to Lollapalooza any given year or uh, to a lesser extent, something like pitchfork I, aside from the first, the top line. Yeah. Um, there's 80% of it that I don't know from those lists. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really up on new stuff very well. So does um, it
0: matter? I mean, like it, does that bother you at all or?
1: Um no (laughs) there you go you know i i i I don't know i mean i i i i I don't want to be so insulated um so when there is something that sparks me like if i hear someone say oh i really love this i'll check it out yeah um like we're there are two bands playing with us next weekend at sleeping village and i uh, I've heard of the first Half Kringa, but I have no idea what Half Kringa sounds like. So I investigated. Oh, I I it.
0: know her. She uh, yeah, I like name? it. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's a friend of a friend. I don't remember her name. That.
1: And then the other one just she... got added, which is Advanced Base. Mm. Um. And that uh, I'd never heard of Advanced Base, and then I checked it out, and I think it's pretty brilliant stuff. Um, this guy, that's. Uh, uh, songwriter, um, I think he replaced uh, Cooper and Bill, who were on the bill, and I don't know what happened.
0: Oh, they're, um, oh they they are they, not on, on They on... are. They are. Uh,
1: they weren't listed in the the lineup uh, that I just saw yesterday. So, oh, weird. I mean, we're doing the show. We're doing this show for uh, you know Smash Plastic is having their anniversary, so they asked us to do this. We normally wouldn't have said yes, but they really did us well uh during covid to get our vinyl out um and then when we had to repress they really they stepped up and got it timely
0: yeah they're they're so nice was,
1: people they're oh, nice yeah.
0: people oh great yeah i got a little <laughs> tour very nice huh. yeah uh yeah i went i went and saw uh saw a record being made there uh that's mm-hmm. it's the first time i've ever done that yeah because i did I did art for the Mute Duo record, and that's where they mm-hmm. that's where they made that. Watch how the yeah, sausage really gets Gets made. That's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, very cool. <laughs> so
0: what's the? Lots of little
1: pieces of plastic.
0: I know, and then they gave us both. Uh, I was there with Skyler, and they gave us both the the two of the rejects. You know, these kind of burble, these kind of gloopy like horror movie kind yeah, of looking yeah. things. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> where yeah. the rejects. <laughs> um so what, what's the last uh like newer band that like got you jazzed or like is exciting can you think of one um let's see
1: you know the problem is really my memory uh-huh. <laughs> um <laughs> you know yeah yeah uh uh so I, i'd have to i might have to refer to my um my playlists um, yeah yeah the b- um, so we, we've but, outsour- you know,
0: our, outsourced our memories anyways for the most part right
1: <laughs> oh so yeah so <laughs> i mean for, for my class i was um you know like talking about some lucy jacus songs which which uh-huh. i really liked but um something that's got me jazzed i i, I mean I everything that horse girls putting out i can kind of see why there's a hype oh yeah that yeah
0: yeah that that's good i just li- recently listened to that cuz it's been getting some yeah I, yeah I think
1: it's really good yeah i mean it's incredibly hyped but um yeah i think it's i think it's pretty worthy and it's it's the stuff that i was <laughs> listening to when i was uh, a younger person in the early 80s listening to post punk Kind of stuff that they're doing,
0: yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm always interested what, you know, what other people listen to, especially people that are, they're not like just kids, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like what you keep listening to. Obviously, you know, you've got, you've got the your favorites that you would probably go back to any time. But like what what gets in there (laughs) every now and then something, something else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, yeah you, but I'm receptive. Yeah. I'm 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 open to to new stuff, but I kind of recognize it's kind of time uh to to realize that the, you know like like I really love Ohm and mm-hmm. um Liam Kazar's um yeah. stuff and that that little group of people um are I think are pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I realize like there's this, you know, there's a whole generation that's coming up and uh it's pretty exciting. And I, I realized that I, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable um, moving aside a little bit and not, not caring if there's so much spotlight anymore.
0: Oh, oh spotlight on yourself personally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah because, uh, you know, for a long time, I would, I wouldn't listen to new stuff very often because if I was in that part of the songwriting cycle of, I, I would just be immersed in what, I was trying to accomplish. And oh, because it would really,
0: interfere with, with what you were working I, yeah, yeah,
1: so my, my record collection really kind of, uh, you know, it really grew and grew and grew until I started having to tour year-round, and then I stopped buying records for the most part um, for a long time. Um, but teaching songwriting, I, I'd like to, you know, bring in new stuff, be aware of what's going on
0: are you surprised at anything that they're like the kids are into that you bring in like something that you you figure they, they'll hate, but they like, does that ever happen or?
1: Um, things that, that I, uh, that, that I present. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a good song is a good song. Um, right. And you hear like what I'm teaching is like, like kind of like these beginning, kinds of form of, of um, Great American Songbook kind of song with a verse, verse, bridge, you know, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, and then mm. come back to the refrain or whatever, um, you know, um, you hear it in every form of music. You hear it in punk rock. You hear it, you know, in the 40s. You hear it now on the pop radio. Um, it's all. Uh, it's it's a it's a pretty great songwriting form, you know. Carol King honed it, you know, at the yeah. build building. It was all. There's a there's a kind of song that uh, that really works, and that's what I'm teaching in this introductory class. is, is Some of that form, and um, you know, I think, um, yeah, I, I do think they like it, and um, uh, f- f- uh the songs that I bring, and I, I you know, I try to bring out a, a good. Uh, uh you know, selection but then um you know every once in a while somebody will surprise me in the class and say oh i really like daniel Johnston." Like, wait what <laughs> you're <laughs> you're my new favorite student
0: yeah uh, <laughs> can you actually uh, teach anybody what
1: daniel johnston does all right <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you can teach them how, what he does. I don't. <laughs> you can't really teach how it got there. Yeah. Um, well, you.
0: Yeah. You don't want to.
1: <laughs> but uh, but the, really, you know, his songs are pure uh, songwriting genius. They're yeah. uh, they've got everything um, for me to teach, and I and I actually I use Daniel Johnston yeah as an example oh, interesting. for some yeah. some things. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, some things last a long time, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, a, the, the, uh, you know, the, it's perfect for teaching huh? because it, it's the sim- simplistic in a way, but at the same time has everything you aspire to do in the mm. song. And, uh,
0: <clears throat> when you, when you started writing or playing, what, what were you first, uh, into,
1: do you remember, uh, what, um what got you well i didn't i didn't start playing until i was like 22 or three mm-hmm. um i was mainly a fan and just collecting records and then i picked up bass and tried to teach myself bass using the who quadrophenia songbook <laughs> which is maybe, maybe a, a little lofty yeah uh, uh but uh um Uh, you know so when I when I taught myself how to play guitar I was living on my own living in upstate New York and I had been assigned uh, I I was working for AC Nielsen company and market uh, marketing research and I was assigned to this small town in upstate New York like in the Elmira area and I didn't know anybody and so I I had my roommates uh, Telecaster and no amp and I just I taught myself how to play guitar because I was lonely. But what I was listening to back then
2: mm-hmm.
1: was uh, mostly post-punk, you know, like um, I would I would get in the car and drive to New York to see shows. And so, you know, this I got to see what, Gang of Four. What year? 1980. 1980 80? 1980, 81. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so I would – saw the Gang of Four. And I was, you know, really like a heavily British – post-punk bands were my favorite joy division new order you know that stuff but then then there were these things like mission of burma that were creeping into my mm-hmm. consciousness that were really influenced by the same things that i was yeah they were super
0: um, they were super into all that stuff like wire and you know all those bands
1: yeah and i loved wire back then too and yeah. and uh, um you know so i when I was learning to play guitar, that kind of slashy stuff was something that I liked. I, but you know, I wasn't the best guitar player. I pro- probably the thing that I, I Echo and the Bunnymen was another band that I loved mm-hmm. when I was learning to play guitar. But I learned to make chords from the Neil Young songbook, from the Zuma songbook. That's what I had in ah, front of me. Yeah. But but um, which I loved. But that was that was old by that point and uh, i was very influenced by post-punk
0: yeah i'm surprised um, I, I remember you playing once it wasn't 11th dream day i think you were by yourself at the double door and you played uh, a joy division song it was like oh okay yeah <laughs> like,
1: the, yeah that heavy heavy influence on me was because right, I was a brooding young twenty-two-year-old, yeah. you know, uh, I, I, I even have like this self-portrait of me standing in the window wearing these very industrial, uh, you know, kind of clothes from a military, uh, mm. you know, like second-hand store. Sure, you know, yeah. like it was very. I was very much had the Manchester look um, <laughs> in, in Ithaca, New York. Yeah so so what were you doing for nielsen that's the like the tv research people or? Yeah, yeah yeah so you know <laughs> i i graduated college in 1979 which was absolutely the worst time to graduate from college into the job market because mm. i think inflation was like 16 percent back then and her unemployment was 16 percent and inflation was nuts and there was nothing there was nothing out there and I, a friend of mine was uh, and I would moved to Florida to follow a girl mm-hmm. um, that I was in love with, and um, realized I did not want to be in Florida, and came back. And a friend of mine was working
0: with You're wise beyond your years. Uh, nobody, nobody should be in Florida for any reason. <laughs> yeah, I was there for about I was there for about
1: six months, eight months, maybe. I was in I was in a play. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's what I did for fun. My girlfriend wanted to be an actress, and I yeah. went to accompany her to the tryout.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they didn't have enough males trying out. And yeah. so they, I was just in the back and the guy said, do you want to try out? And I said, um, well, I'm here to see my girlfriend. And yeah. he said, well, why don't you try out? We need people. And I, I got a part and she did not. <laughs>
0: wow Um, did that end things for good
1: uh it was the beginning of the beginning (laughs) you know in retrospect i should have not you know taken the part right um
0: uh, (laughs) well maybe maybe it it just needed to end
1: (laughs) it propelled me to uh my my career eventual music career
0: so so how much uh, so then did you after florida did you go to louisville or or where,
1: what's the well I, yeah i stopped back stopped back through lexington i had already after college i had gone back to lexington and got lexington. in a punk rock band with um, two friends of mine we had a, a trio called the pods hmm. and it was you know um it was mo and i taught myself how to play bass so i was the bass player and my friend jeff was the drummer and chris was the guitar player singer and i uh, we did a lot of covers. We we made the big decision to uh, do our first show at um, this little bar that all you had to do was sign up to play,
2: mm. and
1: we signed up for New Year's Eve, <laughs> which was pretty wow. ballsy. Um, as 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 it was going into 1980, Oh, so wow. we went we went we went on at midnight. Um, we put uh, the Tom Verlaine the Television song "Foxhole." Mm. Um, we asked the DJ to play it. As we came on, <laughs> and uh, and I didn't know any of the punk rockers in Lexington at the time. Yes, we weren't part of. There were only about a dozen of them anyway, but they yeah. were all there, and so made fast friends with all the the Lexington punk rockers. We, we did mostly covers. The Louisville bands did. They did more originals, like Babylon Dance Band. That's keys uh, band.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: they were doing more original stuff. Um, whereas we we did mostly covers, you know, Clash and Ramones and stuff. But, mm. um, it was fun.
0: So so how long until? So when did when did uh, the next? It was Eleventh Dream Day the next band, or were were there any? Well, DJ, yeah.
1: So I um, so I moved back to Chicago, got a job with Nielsen, and I said, please, uh, and you get assigned anywhere in the country. And I said, please, I just all I want is a major city. Um, <laughs> and i got assigned to horseheads new york which was Horsehead. next to that's next to elmira where the, the state prison is oh
0: fun
1: um <laughs> and i ended up getting up to ithaca but i was in a very small town yeah um all by myself and it was it, i was there up there for about a year um and then i made it back to i, I asked to move back to chicago and i got transferred back to chicago and um, started trying out, I, I, you know, the reader would have ads for, um, uh, you know, people to, to be in bands and I, I answered one and I tried out in some loft downtown, mm. some loft building and, um, uh, and I played guitar yeah. and I wasn't very good, but I, I thought I had some heart, <laughs> um, and I, uh, did not get, did not get the, uh, the, 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 the gig Mm-hmm. so i just uh <laughs> you know kept on just playing guitar in my room and buying records and um met janet in 83 Oh okay um down when i was down in louisville visiting a friend of mine from lexington had moved to louisville and i met janet at the punk rock house down there where mm. she was practicing and she moved up and we started uh playing a band in the next couple months. um Nineteen eighty-three, so we're, we're almost there at forty years.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're getting there. Where did I? Uh, I've always meant to ask. Where did the name come from?
1: The uh, name of the band? Uh, So our face player, Shu Shubat, Bat, mm-hmm. was um, she she uh, she liked numerology. Um, mm-hmm. but Janet, we lived on in Rogers Park.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think like three or four different apartments. Every year we'd move to like yeah. another place in Rogers Park. We lived uh, right on the on the side of the beach. So, um, and I, I worked I was working at, at Nielsen. Mm-hmm. I ended up working there for eight years, but um Janet um was working at the Wishbone and had a lot of time and would just yeah. daydream on the beach and fall asleep. And hmm. it refers to her being on the beach and uh, and having daydreams in the hot sun. Oh wow! And uh, tell, telling me her weird dreams when I got home from work. <laughs> that's cool and, and then shoot shoot put the number on it
0: oh okay because that it Did was, some, it was some, somehow significant or lucky or she something? figured it
1: out <laughs> yeah um it was unlucky if oh. you wrote it as the number though oh
0: and you had we, to, we had, you had to we had to write spell it out out. as a word oh okay
1: so of course clubs would always put it with the number and um and those were the bad um, gigs <laughs> uh those were probably the bad gigs.
0: <laughs> Sorry about the. If you can hear the noise, I've uh, I've been having a gut rehab upstairs from me since August, basically. Oh, ha-
1: I, I cannot hear it.
0: Oh, good, good. Well, so, then...
1: unless it's your gut, I'm not hearing it.
0: No, no, uh, no, <laughs> no. Sometimes, sometimes it breaks through. Uh, they, yeah, no. uh, they, they haven't, they haven't started in earnest yet, but. <laughs> Yeah, occasionally there were, there will be an interference. Sure. <laughs> yeah, huh. So who was who was in the lineup at first? It was you and Janet and. Uh...
1: In Shoe Shu Shubat. Shu Chou, Bat. And uh, we we rehearsed in this. Shu uh, lived with her boyfriend, who owned this building. Um, it was a former um, uh, Bell telephone building on western um just south of uh you know between like um division and the empty bottle kind of oh okay and it's long gone oh it it's, is. Oh, okay. you know condos or something now but it was this big empty building and they lived in one of the rooms and we we rehearsed in a freezing cold room in there and, yeah uh, would uh, get done with practice and shoot over to the rainbow club which back then was uh, a smattering of artists and uh, miscreants and old men. Right. Um, uh, so that's where I kind of met everybody.
0: So how long t- till you started working there? Or was,
1: um, was that a lot a so later? hung out there for a few years. I, I, I didn't start working there until 89. The, okay. at the beginning of 89. Cause I, I worked for AC Nelson and from 80 to 88 mm. and, uh, they were, uh, there was one day where I went in to work and I was, I had asked to meet them because I was going to quit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, we had already had, um, Prairie School Freakout, um, was mm-hmm. coming out yeah, and we had, we had had an EP and we were getting some, um, some good publicity, for, um, you know, our, we had a friend, uh, this guy, Rick Menck, who's a uh, drummer. Um, and he had he had put our tape in the hands of some good people like Byron Coley and, mm-hmm. um, and also some people in England that ran fanzines like uh, Bucket Full of Brains. Mm-hmm. And see, so we we're getting some, you know, a little bit of um, notice and WNUR was playing it. So Chance said, why don't you quit your job? We'll try to tour. Yeah. And you could do something else. And yeah. so um, I asked to, to, to quit. And at the same time, they were, uh, that same day, they were uh, asking me, uh, they were giving me a promotion. I was going oh. a, a giant raise. And I was yeah. going to be in charge of the new, um, of a new thing, which was going to be um, researching. um. So they were just just then putting scanners into grocery lanes um, for the checkers to scan items. And you were going to be in charge um, of that. And I was, I was going to head that up. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, that that never went anywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that technology. Um, yeah. So uh, that day I quit. That's the same day I was getting promoted. Yeah. Um, and it felt pretty damn good. Yeah. To, uh, to say goodbye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, so I, I had to tell that story to get to the Rainbow because um, after yep. I quit my job and um, all that, um, Dee offered me a job at the Rainbow. I got uh, Friday nights yeah. uh, as uh, the second shift, started 10 o'clock, yeah. backing up Kenny. Kenny was yeah. the, the main guy on Friday um and then i was a bar back on tuesday nights Mm. which i ended up getting uh tuesday night as my night Mm.
2: um
1: which was great fun and the rainbow was you know you know it's just the place where you could work and d was so great because you know especially once we got signed to atlantic um if i had to go leave for a month I had a job when I got back every time and that right. lasted for, I worked there for 14 years, I believe, 13, 13 years, I think.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: I finally had to quit once I was working at the Chicago public Schools. Mm. It, was, it was hard to recuperate after um, right, yeah. working a Friday night.
0: Having those two different kind of hours. You know, the... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the rainbow was the saving grace. It was, uh, it was kind of broke during those Atlantic years for the most part. Yeah. Aside from tour support.
0: Right. and uh, Yeah, I guess how, how often can you tour? Because <laughs>
1: it's not like we, we we weren't even able to go to a, a club and sell our own records. Oh, really? Which was extremely frustrating.
0: Oh, they wouldn't let you sell records because no, they,
1: they, no. they, they controlled all they, that? W- they controlled the, it, the distributors and, you know, oh, that's, so when we were on a major label, it, wow. it was so fucked up. We, you know, and, and in Europe too, which like we had, our, our, uh, you know, when we went there, uh, for instance, like when we went with Yola Tengo and we, we co-headlined a tour of Europe, mm-hmm. they had all this great merch. and We were able to sell t-shirts, but we couldn't sell our records. That's and then really our record bizarre. was only, yeah, and our record would only be available at like, you know, the Tower Records of Germany. And the indie shops weren't even carrying it. And we had this great indie following from, yeah, because you know, um, we were on new rows you know, with the uh, Crazy Freakout record. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't capitalize on that indie uh, following that we had. Um, so it was a, tr- a big trade off.
0: Did, uh, did the major labels just do that across the board? They wouldn't have, like even a, like a run a merch table or something or
1: we had a merch table but like i said yeah it was only well, that seems only like porn. bizarre
0: marketing wise for a company to do that like to not here you have an opportunity to sell your thing and you can't and you don't allow it that's bizarre yeah right? yeah well
1: that was <laughs> but that was the bridge between you know yesteryear and the nirvana era um, right so
0: yeah this would be what like the late
1: 80s now so we got signed we got signed to atlantic in 89 oh, okay and we were on atlantic through 93 right um and of course nirvana um you know hit right i think maybe 93 uh, or maybe earlier maybe 92, earlier 92, yeah 92 uh, or '91. I was in even. art
0: school when when they went okay. uh... yeah yeah, it's was, it was like yeah,
1: somewhere around '92, maybe even yeah. To say yeah. Th- when they they opened for us uh, uh, in 1990 uh, um, on their when they were still in sub pop, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they were kind of on their way up at that point, but yeah, it so I don't know when Nevermind came came out, but yeah, yeah. early '90s. But, I,
0: I know I was in art school because people were really excited about that, and and I, I'd remembered when their other one, the sub pop one, Bleach came out. There was yeah. a subset of people and I was, yeah. Cause I was still in Boston in high school, uh, or ended in finishing up high school and people were really excited about that Bleach album. And I think, yeah, I, was, and I listened to was it a couple really of times. Biggest... And I was like, eh, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wasn't that impressed with Bleach at the time, but, um, <laughs> sub pop was so big like when we were when we toured europe
2: mm.
1: um the germans and dutch were were just eating that stuff up and yeah um you know it was much cooler to be on an indie um than uh than on a major uh, all of a sudden um but mm. then you know so the majors were just different pre and post nirvana and we were kind of like right there yeah in that transition period right because i imagine yeah there's no way that
0: whatever label nirvana ended up on wasn't selling their records at their shows
1: right i mean there's, was, they, yeah, that um, can't be I, I, I really i really don't know by that time by yeah. 93 yeah. i was done you know yeah. it's like i decided to go back to school and just do the music film it's a part-time thing
0: and that—that's you went back to school to become a school teacher, and that's when you got the CPS job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, the CPS, get, CPS yeah, job.
1: Yeah, and that took a while because I didn't—I uh, had had a degree in marketing in college in my undergrad.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: to get a teaching certificate, I, I had to take a ton of courses. Yeah, and that took a while. Because uh, one of good.
0: my one of my brothers did that. He was a he was a photographer forever, and he worked at a photo, like a fancy photo studio type place. And, but then digital came in and basically killed
1: wow. yeah. what he
0: was doing. And he was, he was about to like take over this specialty shop, which made these large format prints. And at the last second, it didn't happen. And he went back to school, and he's been teaching. I think he teaches fifth grade now, but he was teaching fourth mm-hmm. grade. That's been his career for a decade, more than a decade.
1: It's a it's a damn good gig. I have to say. You liked um, it? It's I loved it. I, I taught yeah. middle school. So you were yeah, for, what 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 for yeah. 14 years yeah. in the wow. CPS and in social studies and language arts and um you know, middle school kids are a trip. They um, <laughs> I always used to say, you know, it's like you know you work today. Um, yeah. It, it, there's no <laughs> you couldn't fake it. You know it's not it's not easy um it's it's easy to do poorly i think yeah um uh but it's uh to do the job well and to really get something out of it it's a lot of work and it's everything you 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 have to pretty much put your heart and soul into it right Um, but if you do it's extremely rewarding really really good really but you know in 1993 when it was like this is a, you know, we had done three records for Atlantic and are like, and we had, Jant and I had Matt, um, yeah. our son, would, had been born. He was a couple of years old and um, realized that, um, you know, we, he needed more support. Mm-hmm. Um, we we couldn't just take him around the world like we had been doing for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and um, you know, I just thought I've got to do something a little more stable here um I'm glad I did yeah Worked out. got to do both right yeah
0: yeah that's uh, kind of an for, amazing thing because I mean you know 11th stream day never went away uh you know
1: yeah you um, get quiet um, no, sometimes no, but <laughs> yeah there's never any reason to and even now like I, I kind of told everybody in the band like I, I I'll uh, you know I, I think I'm done with the cycle of writing and recording and performing because mm. um, the cycle takes about five years to complete mm. and so when we were doing since gray's this last one yeah. um we decided to make it a double janet's yeah. like you realize you know you you're, you're if, if, you, if we do this every five years you realize you're going to be 70 next time <laughs> i said yeah so that that kind of played into the decision like let's just do it up really nice and big yeah for this one because it and so you know i'll probably i can't stop writing Mm -hmm. i just don't know if i'll trouble everybody to um you know get behind it and I, i i hate the promotion part of it right i like doing the i like doing shows um I love recording. I love the rehearsals. I love hanging with everybody, but I hate like having to promote it all and to feel like, you know, I put this all out there and does anybody even care? Um,
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a fucking horrible
1: process. You know, you know, (laughs) because you know, you're a writer. It's even more lonely um, because you're not in a band doing it. Uh, at least, like, you
0: know, I'm yeah. a, I am I was always uh, a little bit envious and or jealous of you guys, people in bands, uh, but also knowing the whole time that I couldn't really do it because I'm not a team player. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm just yeah. I'm so on the I've been doing I've been a one man band for so long, I don't really know how the compromises you have to ha- make. To, to work with others that way. Well, I think
1: I think some of the best bands, though, are bands <laughs> where there weren't team players. Right. Yeah. Velvet there, Underground. Was, they all hated each like, other. Well, right? yeah. The, the, well the, di- the dictator theory. <laughs> yeah. <know>? Like, um, <laughs> so you know, Love Dream Day is one of the grand democracies, I think. But it but it also, you know, uh, might not be the best formula for overall success um but although yeah, i think we had a yeah. really great success but yeah um at the same time you know i think, I think dictators get more done sure. um than than the egalitarians you know like for sure b- bounce everything off each other takes a long time to do you know
0: yeah but um, it's yeah i mean on but on some level you're still you're dependent on either at least one or two other people to, to, to play parts, even if you, you know, they slavishly reproduce every last note that you gave them. You need them, yeah. you need them to do these things where, which is for the most part that the painting and the writing that I do, I don't, you know, mm-hmm.
1: uh, Yeah. Well. You, it's a very different yeah, kind so, of a thing. Right. There's, you know, what you do is, you've got control of everything in the process. I, you know, at some point, you know, if I have a song that I wrote and I bring it to the band, mm-hmm. I, I totally understand it. And I'm completely happy to, to hand it over to everybody else's creative input because, yeah. well, first of all, Doug and Jan and I've been doing it so long, um, that we just trust each other, whatever we're going to add, yeah, whatever parts going to come up, that's who we are anyway. Right. But then even with uh, Jim and Mark, who have been playing for the uh, last few, um, uh, have that same feeling with them, like whatever they come up with is going to be, you know, just enhance things. But I mean, you as a writer, like what are you going to, you know, I, I guess you have to deal with editors. Though, yes, right? there are.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's you only... to totally trust an editor. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I've gone through a few and they're they're very valuable because they're valuable as a kind of sounding board or as something to work against but because they're not invested so i give somebody like a rough draft and they go through it uh, you know they're not they haven't spent all that time putting it together and they're not connected to it they can just read it uh, coldly and that's really valuable you know just just as yeah, a book yeah <laughs>
1: But then isn't there a level of publishing where there are gonna there's editors that make the heart, the the decisions like that you don't like and you have to live with?
0: Uh well not anymore for me because yeah, I but I don't, I I don't deal with people. those like similarly to what you were talking about with uh with the major labels, you know. I never got yeah. to a major, but my first book was out from the University of Chicago Press and it's been, you know, a a tumble down ever since you know like downhill to whatever (laughs) wherever the fuck i am now you know where i'm just uh i put out my own things on my own terms and there's a very very limited audience and i i'm hand selling things uh you know i I can't get distribution of any significant kind and uh but on the other hand there's nobody (laughs) reining me in (laughs) for better or for worse you know
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's... So it's a, yeah. There's choices all along. You know, all along the way. Uh, the trade-offs. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I've had this joke for a while. Like, like be happy to sell out. Nobody's buying. You know. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Right. <laughs> I I would w- I would welcome the problem of like you know how to not spend all of you know like a couple hundred thousand dollars or something on a book advance, you know, uh, but I haven't, yeah, had, I that's... haven't had that problem yet. You know?
1: <laughs> our, uh, our first, uh, our manager on Atlantic, our, for our first record advised us to take a small advance. Yeah. So that we wouldn't owe as much. <laughs> Right,
0: because, yeah, people don't get that it's just a you know, loan. Like...
1: But, no, but, no but, but anybody anybody who uh, – I, I completely would tell you that that is horrible yeah. advice in the right. major labor world. Major labor world, what I would tell anybody is get as much okay. freaking money yeah. Yeah. as up you front, can get yeah. in your pocket up front because either way, you're not recouping. Unless yes. you're that unicorn. Well, that, yeah. 1%, you know.
0: That's um, the major difference between, it's the exact same thing in the book world. So in the book world, if you sign with one of the big, whatever, it's down to three or four or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you, you get an agent and they get as much money up front as possible and you don't even care about royalties or anything. But I've never, I've never been in that world. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So in the other in the other worlds like in the university press or indie press world you end up basically like splitting you know profits 50 50 more or less after expenses yeah,
1: but there
0: you either don't get an advance or you get a tiny adv- like a nominal of advance because that's going to go against the that has to be paid off before you know you make anything
1: yeah well i mean with thrill jockey we just we would always try to do recordings really efficiently um not spend too much money and we never ask. you know i don't think bands get advances i I don't know we we never asked for anything up front we just trusted we've got such a nice deal yeah with a 50 50 split like everybody's invested in it and there's no reason to try to you know get money up front um yeah
0: uh, i've had unique problems yeah the last book that was not put out solely by me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that book, the, that music book, where there's, there's drawings of 11th and yeah, yeah. in it. That book mm-hmm. was made with collab- in collaboration with a small press. But I, you know, I, did, a, you know, I did that book, Soup to Nuts. You know, I, I designed it. I wrote it. You know, I found the printer in Michigan mm-hmm. to print it and ended up selling and continue to sell many, many more copies than the publisher does. Hmm, yeah and and i have a and yet for a time i had to send him money from sales that i I was making you know Hmm. and and that's kind of fucked up that's what that was the last straw for me that's where i went into self-publishing you know like well if i'm gonna do all the the fucking work i'm gonna make whatever piddling pennies i can off this you know yeah and and, yeah i had weird flip totally different new kinds of problems that i had never anticipated you know yeah <laughs> with a publisher well, yeah
1: it's uh it's hard to make money in the artistic world oh it's, uh, yeah
0: and uh, period yeah you, you cost yeah if, if i was any kind of businessman i would i would not ever put out a book again you know <laughs> because the <laughs> yeah. the amount of effort versus the uh, whatever money you know you get off of it is just absurd I do much, much better doing, like, pet portraits, you know, pet portraits.
2: Right, yeah, I bet.
0: Very, very quick, and people love them, and it's instant money, you know, <laughs> and it would, it would right. take me, you know, I'd have to sell, I don't know, 10, 20 books to equal one of those, you know. Oh wow. yeah. <laughs> That's absurd, you know. <laughs>
1: So you're so, so on, a, on a good Saturday day afternoon, we'll see you at the dog park, saying, "Oh, what a little cutie!" Yeah, well, you know, no, nice. we'll see
0: if 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 I, <laughs> not unlike you, was a like a. a loved mar- real marketeer i would put that out there but i don't you know <laughs> it's just, just this thing like this small subset of people word of mouth no word
1: that, of mouth yeah
0: that i'll do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that i was yeah. embarrassed about forever and it, i didn't get into until quitting many other jobs you know like like driving a cab and di- doing all these things that just wore me down and uh we humbling enough to where I was ready to whore whatever little talents I have for whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like drawing dogs and cats, you know? <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a funny, it's a funny world and you don't know how you get point A to point B to C whatever.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, prior, yeah, I think, yeah, b- maybe before I was 40, I would have sneered at a guy that was doing some of the shit I do now. You know, for money, <laughs> that would not uh, yeah, not have been probably. acceptable.
1: <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's funny when you're in your 40s, because you, I, I, I think there's a pretty good number of people in their 40s that totally reinvent their lives around that time. Um, sure. And uh, it's a, it's a scary time, but um, you know, good things can happen too with change um you know it's like growing up uh you know i'm i'm a boomer it's like growing up you always thought like you can get a job and you're going to stay there for your career and uh right that was the expectation
0: and that was the ac Nielsen thing right sort of sort of for you yeah yeah yeah. like Uh, uh,
1: people that i worked with probably retired when they were 50. oh wow and and were and retired rich you know because mm. if you start when you're 20 you work 30 years and they had profit sharing um yeah it would have been a very easy comfortable life but um that's not what i mean when i well, actually when i was working at nielsen and it's funny that they've even entered in this conversation to this extent but um it was you know reagan came in sure um at the beginning of when i was working there and by the end of my 8 years they were the full-time people were they were letting them go through attrition mm. and you, you know I was finding myself training people to do my job that yeah. would be part-time and they wouldn't get health insurance profit sharing yeah. opportunities right. you know all the perks of being a full-time employee so that was the that was the, the start of that whole shift you can blame a lot of stuff on reagan oh for sure <laughs> um well at least you know i even blame him, you know he's he's responsible for uh indie rock in my estimation oh yeah <laughs> then, like, uh you explain know, it's, explain that gave, well just gave you know it gave people something to rally around like yeah the, oh okay the,
0: yeah the,
1: counter, the counterculture yeah. um and you know the counterculture in the 80s was pretty i thought was was pretty exciting um you know um
0: yeah well all the cool stuff wasn't on the radio it was all below ground <laughs> in the 80s
1: yeah um but you know i think in the in the 90s the counterculture turned upside down to where there was no counterculture mm-hmm. it just you know like all of a sudden like everybody's got a tattoo and a nose ring, and uh everybody you know really like yes you know your aunt or you know it's uh it, it, there was nothing I, I don't know what you rebel against anymore but it mm-hmm. sure was easy with reagan you know yeah um because they were so uh you know homophobic and um you know, and even you know, all that scene. Um, I had gay friends that were, were you know, pretty underground
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the early '80s. You know, yeah. they couldn't they couldn't come out, and you know, it was per, you know, and so the those scenes sort of bled into each other um, in that the, the larger counterculture of punk rockers and uh, you know artists, or, you know. It was uh, you know, I don't know. What what do people rebel against now?
0: <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, I make friends sometimes with you know millennials. You know, somebody that's you know like thirty or something. Mm-hmm. That, that's real interesting to me. But I'm I'm. It's interesting to me what they're into, what they and. Uh, A lot of the people I've been meeting who are in the kind of writing world are around that age or maybe, yeah, around that age. And they're starting, you know, they have their own presses or literary magazines. And I like, they they don't seem to have any illusions about like some pie-in-the-sky success. Uh They all have whatever jobs they have, and they do these things out of love, you know, because they want to or need to do it. And I like yeah, that. I, uh, I I get along with them real well. A lot of them,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I, you know that's why I'm I'm kind of happy to teach. You know, my teaching jobs um, connect me to millennials, um, mm. and I'm I'm very excited about that generation leading the way. I, yeah. You know, I, I'm really excited. It's you know there there are so many great things about. Um, where young people's heads are at overall yeah. these days. Um, you know, um, I, 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 am you know, very optimistic about it. Um,
0: yeah, they, they, they seem to have, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they, they accept things e- easier than people that are in previous generations.
1: I mean, Gen Xers are more like in the middle of, you know, we got fucked.
0: Well, that's, <laughs> that's me. Uh, that's yeah what i, I am. know yeah i, I know i well, know we're a small, and small so generation a of... and we're pretty much forgotten yeah
1: boomers and resent millennials right right that's the um, that's
0: the i yeah the I stereotype definitely, yeah yeah i tend to have more problems with boomers and <laughs> than than with millennials personally but <laughs> with pres, a, present company except accepted of course <laughs> but uh yeah No, there's some of you that are okay. (laughs) (laughs) No. uh, I mean one of the cool things that happened and it, it took a long, long time for me is realizing that you could, you know, like talk to the people that you like 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 you or people that were in bands or in movies or whatever, that they were just people that you could become friends with or at least acquaintances with. That was a, mm-hmm. you know, when I was younger, that was a barrier that seemed not to be crossable, you know. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I see that.
0: But and now I and now especially in music, I mean, yeah, starting doing this 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 audio thing, and I asked a bunch of people, and the vast majority are, are music people, you know. It turns out mm. that I know a lot of people that play music, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it. I. I, I sometimes I try to imagine what it'd be like to be starting a band now, mm. um, because the, there are so many bands. Yeah, um, and just like when we were starting, um, I don't know. Just we all kind of knew each other. Yeah. In Chicago, you know, it's like you know, when I was meeting people like Tim Rotili,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Red Red Meat. Back then, it was friends of Betty and Johnny, John Herndon was in in, uh, Precious Wax Drippings, and we were all friends with each other back then and all knew each other. Um, And it seemed like there just weren't as many bands um, up through the early 90s, then it kind of exploded.
0: Also, yeah, the the fact of the internet making, you know, all music from the past. Home recording too, yeah. And well, making all the music of the past available so you get some of the, you know, I try to keep up sort of Mm -hmm. with what comes out, but some of it, they're just such bizarre mixes of influences. And it's because I think my theory is that, you know, the internet makes it all like on an even plane, like it's all from the same time. Or non-time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything that's ever been made is available, <laughs> which is bizarre. Yeah. Well, which we d- we know. didn't have. You didn't have certainly, no, and I didn't for, either. You
1: know. <laughs> but it made record collecting and, and browsing every Saturday through record stores a, a real thrill. Mm-hmm. Like to find, you know, to just to invest money on something that you had no idea what it was. Yeah. Um, you'd have to invest the money yes to, to buy it and listen to it um you know so there was a, that risk whereas streaming you just like hear everything and um instantly kind of branch out like oh if you like this you'll like this but yeah. back then it was uh, that work took a lot longer and yeah there was no there was
0: algorithm of, feeding all this information to you
1: <laughs> you'd, you'd hope that your friend bought that record you were curious about <laughs> buying it yourself you know yeah and they, they'd um, make they they'd dub
0: it onto a cassette for you
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but if you weren't the one you know if you missed out on buying it mm. uh you weren't the the hip one if it turned out to be something really amazing mm. you know like to be the person that discovered uh that record yeah um, <laughs> uh, it was, it was, it was, you know because i don't know going into record stores with my friends back then we'd branch out like you know, like you'd you'd have you'd have your fingers in the bins. Mm-hmm. Your eyes, your eyes would be darting. Really, like two bins over to see what the guy two bins over was looking at, and then your, <laughs> one of your eyes looking at your friend across the store, seeing if they were like looking happy. And what <laughs> no, what was that? That was, the, that was so much fun.
0: What the store that you this this is an example from? Where was it? Where was this store?
1: In my mind, it was. <laughs> I was thinking. I guess where my, you know, because you get a picture in your head sure, and yeah. you say something. And reckless was in my head because, mm, uh, yeah, early '90s reckless, uh, or uh, there was the place in Evanston that we'd go to, Vintage Vinyl, mm. um, in the '80s. Yeah, um, uh, and then Janet. And my friend Raw worked at Record City in Skokie, Mm. Um, but uh, in the city, gosh, I guess um, Reckless was one of the first ones that was really.
0: Where was um, Reckless in the eight? Was it? It wasn't on North Avenue yet, was it? um, Or or was that a second? Yeah,
1: that's no. That that one came along, but um, for a while it was uh, in what. not uptown, but um, I forget what street. Like off off of Fullerton and Clark or Broadway okay. or somewhere. Okay. All right. Down there somewhere. Yeah, yeah it was on Broadway um, at some point, but maybe that's later. Yeah, yeah I, thought, I think it was the Broadway one, but um.
0: In Lake Lakeview, uh, Lincoln Park, or something.
1: But uh, in you know, in college, where I bought most of the records. Hmm. Um, there were some great stores in Lexington, Yeah. Kentucky were, you know, most were mainly were digging around. And then um, in, I'd, I'd come home to Chicago and I'd, I'd get all the imports. Mm. That nobody was getting down there. Oh. So I'd come back with London Calling yeah. as an import and be the most popular person.
0: He had cred.
1: <laughs> yeah, without a doubt.
0: That's funny. I yeah, I never. I, I did that. I mean, I, I went to record stores like you know all growing up, but I, I never had that. Uh, that that thing that you were just talking about, that that being in the store and like
1: oh my God. checking
0: out what yeah. the other person was getting.
1: A total I, thrill. I guess I was
0: mostly by myself, also.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then in New York, in New York, I'd go to Bleecker Bob's hmm. and I'd, if I would go in town for a show. Yeah. To, to see a show, I'd go buy records we were in and because they were getting everything right from England. Yeah. I was into all that stuff. So. Yeah.
0: It's weird though with distribution. You know, if yeah, if you're into physical objects like books or records, it's it's once again this thing of uh, shipping is reared its head again. Uh, yeah. Where it's suddenly uh, expensive. Or vice versa, like I, for me to send a book to Europe or Asia, like it costs more than the book costs. If somebody wants one of mine, you know, it's a fucking problem.
1: Yeah. Well, I found <laughs> that out when we did a we did this um, did a fundraising thing with um, our Works for Tomorrow record, where we got different people. You you made them. You made. Oh them. yeah, Two yeah, covers. I made a couple Two for or you. Three yeah. yeah. But to, um, you know, like, there were a couple people from England that Bought them, yeah, and the the shipping was outrageous. I mean, it's outrageous enough in America to ship, yeah, things. Um, but if yeah, it totally is. I found but like
0: yeah, I did research that from this having this problem. The cheapest thing is this thing called first class international, which is buried on the bottom of the USPS site, and it's like twenty five dollars, and it's real slow. You uh, know,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was I was I was talking to my daughter about you know physical objects Mm -hmm. and and it is there was this podcast we both listened to about nfts Mm -hmm. and um and just like how weird it is to have this digital thing that's worth something and so like what makes it worth something is that it's attached to somebody who you want to be associated with right um you know and then i just realized like well you know like we would put out a record and number it, you know, it'd be like, yeah. oh, you got yes. number five out of a hundred, and um, I mean, those were kind of like the original NFTs.
0: Well, that's what um, I do with my books; I sign and number them.
1: You sign and number them, yeah. So, but
0: also, the other thing with the I've been thinking about this NFT shit a lot because it's mm-hmm. become such a big thing with artists and musicians. But you know what a real NFT is? A fucking painting. And some, of you know, mm-hmm. like it's a thing that you can also you can hang on a wall and it can be worth whatever you say it is like an Mm -hmm. nft and some of these collectors the younger people are i read an article in the times recently like they're recently got into art collecting because Mm. they realize it's doing the same thing you know you're attaching value to this object you know for who knows what reason right you know what i I mean
1: (laughs) i heard an ad i heard an ad somewhere where it was advertising art Mm-hmm. as speculation like is yeah you know not even knowing what you were purchasing so much as oh, absolutely. Just putting it as just an investing in it that to me that's just another cynical oh it's horrendous thing. it's
0: it's a yeah. it's a tax it's a way for billionaires to hide their money from governments you know yeah that's all it but, is but i mean you
1: talk <laughs> to uh if you you know if you talk to wesley Kimmler about the
0: 80s, that, you know, there, there's it, a unique there's a unique pleasure
1: <laughs> yeah without a doubt but like the, the art world in the 80s yeah when there was the the boom yeah um you know uh, and that, that 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 oh god the art world is just combined with money it's just i know it's it's age it's you know it's always been that way you yes. know, you go back to tango or whoever um, you know, it's always been the issue, um, you know, I guess unless you're, you're writing words on the page as an author, you're, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of speculation on, the, on that, but uh, uh, no, uh, you know, but the, the art world, it, it's, it's I don't know. It certainly sullies it. Um,
0: no, I'm, uh, I'm at it like a, with. Painting and stuff, which I mean, for me, I consider still my very first, first second, and third like activity. You know, like,
2: yeah, like
0: the writing is a, like a weird side project. But uh, it's I'm in such a level of disgust with the you know the art world writ large. I'm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I've, I've been cutting prices on my stuff because i i you know i'm getting older and i don't want the to stay around here so anybody that takes an interest in something i'll make a deal with them you know like an absurdly low low ball deal i don't care and it's it and part of it is to counter this speculation thing where some consultant tells some guy with a bunch of money that they can park you know thousands of dollars into this black box you know and it can sit there and then it emerges somewhere else suddenly costing twice as much or half as much and you never fucking know and it's not pegged to any anything quantifiable really
1: yeah well i was on twitter (laughs) i was on twitter like in the midst of covid lockdown Mm -hmm. and came across a post by steve keen who was offering um I think five pieces for $60. Yes. He's got that amazing site where
0: it's volume. Yeah. I I was actually, yeah.
1: I, yeah. So I sent my $75 in for a few things and he wrote back about a year later (laughs) and said, I, the demand is pretty high and I'm behind on things. And I said, you know, Hey, it's all right. Time's on our side. I didn't like, you know, like it's Okay did he finally send uh, you something he sent me a giant box of stuff like yeah yeah he, yeah he, he he made up for that delay and yeah uh i've got them all my wife decided that we were all we were going to make a, a steve keen wall of album oh, covers and
0: well yeah that. that but did. yeah he's a he's a painting machine <laughs> you know,
1: like... yeah but like yeah, you know, uh, but you know talking about value of art yeah and nfts and, and what things mean to people yeah um you know it's like i sold a bunch of records a few years ago mm-hmm. um, um and i really didn't miss stuff um and it was it made me really happy to i went to, i had gone down to louisville to sell these records oh, okay. and yeah maybe like a hundred yeah and it just like it brought back so much money, but uh, which was which was good. But it just made me really happy that the the people that were buying the records were I, I had had enough time. I had had plenty of time with them, you know. Yeah, um, uh, and and owning something it just didn't mean that much to me anymore. It was made me happier to think that somebody else was going to own it and yeah. have it.
0: Um, so I have a pretty strict policy like that with books, unless they have really you know specific sentimental meanings or they're signed Mm -hmm. to me or something i i think of i finish a book and i think of who will like it and i give it to them you know i pass it on yeah and with with records i've I, i rein myself in with the records so i every few months i go through my records and it's it's like only you know yeah there's not that many and i look and i only keep the ones i listen to you know because mm-hmm. I'm really not a collector. Collector, you know what I mean? I love records, but I, I won't keep them. I go to the record store and get store credit and buy new. Well, ones, I used to sell.
1: Know? Yeah, I used to, I used to trade them in and get things. Um,
0: I've done that my whole know? life. Like I I used, I have a column yeah. of cassettes where I would just dub them and just buy new ones because I didn't. But, you know, yeah, yeah.
1: If you if you see me out somewhere, you know, uh, definitely, you know, um, I'll I'll. I'm trying to divest myself of my art, my collections of yeah, of, of books and you. Uh, I don't know. My my dad died a few years ago, and I you know going through all his things, uh, um, there wasn't a lot of value in there for uh, the world. And, yeah. you know it was nice to see what he had, but it made me think of all the things that I have in boxes. Yeah, and you know I got lots of signed first editions of things for for books and but it's like collections are funny um you know what i don't know it's just i would rather i'd rather put them out into the world than have then 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 pass away and have boxes filled with things. i know
0: it's a it's a horrifying thing like yeah I t- my oh. Uh, art school classmate frank he's got a couple of kids and he lives in riverside and we talk about this stuff all the time how you know like when he's got he doesn't want his kids to be burdened with picking through the, all his crap you know
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I you know i totally get it but then then you know then like i'll see like news that somebody died and it's like oh wait i had that record that i, I and then I'll go down, like, like, I can't fight it and start getting all stressed out, like, yeah, know, like when, uh, I think when uh, Roback died, um, mm-hmm. Opal, um, I had this single, Clay Allison single, and like, do I have that single? I gotta find that single, I gotta mm. find that single, you know, and it was like dreading not having it anymore, it's like, oh, phew, there it is, I, I have it in this box, and... Uh, so I, it's it's hard i you know i'm i'm a ball contradiction so yeah yeah no i mean we
0: all are yeah i yeah i just try yeah personally i try to fight the the, the kind of hoarding the collecting impulse a lot you know yeah
1: yeah <laughs> will is, give it all away
0: yeah uh, <laughs> I and mean, i mean to me it's always like some kind of dialogue or conversation that i'm having with these things and once once my part of it is done i want yeah like you were saying with when you sold your records like it's really a pleasure to find so to get somebody else to enjoy the stuff that you enjoyed you know mm-hmm. that's a great great thing I, I like that a lot yeah
1: yeah
0: so when uh when did the 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 school teaching end uh what what happened? Um, you did that for what, 14 years, you said? or?
1: Th- yeah, uh, early 2010, around 2010, 11. Okay. W- it was when I, for 2012, I think it was over for CPS. Hmm. Um, and that's when my kids were starting kindergarten. And uh, my wife and I are both teachers. So I decided that, uh, we, well, we, we decided it would be better if I stayed home because I also had, I had also started doing Columbia on the side. Mm -hmm. and I had you know my music career to fall back on and so I stayed home um and had a more flexible schedule and that's when I um and then I got uh, some classes at North Park University so I moved into the adjunct professor world which is not as demanding on your day in terms of time and space and uh and got out of teaching middle school. And it was really hard. Like I, I you know, I was just hitting my stride, I thought, as yeah. a teacher, a middle school teacher. And um, I thought I was doing, it was, I was really enjoying it. And, and it was getting easier. And, but at the same time, I thought I was doing better things. It takes a long time to be good at teaching, I think. Um, I bet, yeah. Your first, <laughs> I always tell my students, like your first five years or so, you're, you're mostly trying to struggle with managing your class. Yeah. And then what clicks is that what you actually teach the way you, you know, what you, what you put out there is how you managed your class. Like if, um, your curriculum, you know, what your, you're planning, your, what you have going is, if it's good, if it's done the right way you manage your class Mm -hmm. um, and put put the work into the hands of the students and most teachers start off being very teacher-centric you know like it's all me Mm. i'm teaching you and then you realize it's really the learnings in the students and learnings natural yeah and um, you have to allow that to happen so it was it was great um, I, I missed it. It's like the muscle memory took mm. several years after I started, uh, after I got out of it. Um, and then it, then there was the, the dissonance of teaching college classes in sh- subjects that were new to me in some ways yeah. and challenging.
0: Oh, and like, like, like uh, linguistics and stuff? You're talking, um,
1: or... yeah. Like, uh, I, I teach three classes now. Um, one's uh, linguistics, uh, sociolinguistics, also, and then theory, uh, theoretical foundations for teaching ESL. Oh, wow! And they're they're all courses ESL.
0: You... I, I went to ESL, I got stuck in ESL for there a couple go. years. There you go, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so I it's you get endorsed in for teaching ESL, and there are five years. Five classes that you take, and those mm. that I'm, I'm teaching okay.
2: linguistics
1: and social linguistics, really for teachers. Okay, so it's not yeah. like it's not like if you were going to University of Chicago taking linguistics. I'm not like some. Uh, I'm you know I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm you're more, you're
0: not you Noam know, Chomsky, or
1: <laughs> I am not. although I've, <laughs> you know that guy is still he's he's still uh, preaching the good stuff out there. Um, <laughs> you know he I mean he was 90 upper 90s and he um, you know he's still he's still uh, on it in the world <laughs> um, you know he's sharp yeah uh, so it took me a while to get you know to teaching those courses um, and now that I' kind of like you know I, I, I don't know how much longer I'm kind of stepping back from north park stuff this fall oh you are yeah um you know i'm i'm at this uh, weird spot where um i don't know i just had to apply for medicare you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting older i'm 65 turning 65 yeah um you know
0: uh never I never like, know it to look at you
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, no, for It's real. the lighting. I, I always uh, Yeah, it's, it's yeah I always see you. Light. I
0: see you in dark nightclubs, but usually <laughs> I, have,
1: I have a rider for when I go out in the world. Um, and <laughs> lighting is uh, right there at the top. If uh, the lighting's not right, I go back. Yeah, I, so I'm, that's I'm out, your I'm out of here.
0: What's the famous Van Halen? The green M and M's or whatever it was. You know, they're right. they're yeah. trapped yeah. to make sure people are paying attention. You know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah 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 it's uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't know i so i'm
1: i guess i'm, I'm talking a lot about divesting from mm. the world and it's making me very uneasy <laughs> um, you, know, like, oh, you know
0: about like about the, you mean the, grad slowly fading away you mean
1: <laughs> so, yeah well okay so is it better to burn out or to fade away yeah that's but... uh, you know and so that's I do I don't want to fade away uh, in the music world so yeah. like that's why I kind of like thinking um, stopping the cycle like I'm oh really yeah with ha- the records. happy yeah. with happy with the last record we put out mm-hmm. you know maybe it's time to like Just kind of, I don't know. I don't see. I don't even know what I'm saying. Right. I I just, I just feel tired at the end of at the end of the cycle. Well, yeah, because you're at the
0: end of the cycle on that one. And I, I
1: know. And so I'm, I'm looking out the window right now, and you know the shoots are coming out of the ground. I mean, eventually,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, the, the sun will shine on me again, and, and something will strike me the right way, and it'll get sparked
0: yeah i or i, I the can't next record. yeah i i can't imagine that you're not gonna put out music in some form in the future uh what that will be yeah. you know you'll determine that and that's up to you you know but uh i mean it was really cool for me when you know before yeah during lockdown when you played that show in beverly in that yard
1: oh yeah was and you're wonderful.
0: you're singing some of the songs that ended up on that record it's the, true. The 11th Dream Day record, and that was really great. Uh, and I mean, and you talked, I think you mentioned several places how it, it sort of started out as a solo thing and then it became the band thing. But, you know, maybe right. who knows what uh, the next one will be like. But,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I forgot where we were in the process. I might, when I did that show in Beverly, I think maybe it already had...
0: It was the first uh, COVID summer. done the basics.
1: Yeah. yeah. already done the basics. Okay. And yeah. I think... We were adding some things uh, overdubs and decided to make it a band record, and and then it just took a while during that year to get things wrapped up um, to push it forward to put it out. Yeah. Um, But that I I kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking of what I might want to do is more things like that of playing and just telling stories and playing whatever i want to play and sure um i know that's not what people want to see as much people all, you know, it's, look, it's what it, i want to see <laughs> i mean, i want to see always... both but you know but... <laughs> well, that's nice that's nice and i look forward to seeing you well um, you're you're gonna uh, see uh, well
0: this isn't gonna air in time but uh, you're gonna you're gonna see me very soon like no, very like nice. on 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 a, a given Saturday in in the very near future
1: <laughs> <laughs> very good uh, that'd be nice um, <laughs> yeah but people are more I think for, on the whole you know like people are more apt to buy or want to, to see 11th Dream Day or buy an 11th Dream Day record I, you know then I, I couldn't I, I, I wouldn't want it if I end up putting music out solo it's either going to be free or very low price, or pay what you want, because I,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: like I said, I am not putting myself out there for that purpose um, mm. of, of of the cycle of writing and you know putting it out there for sale and all that. I'm just not interested in that part so much.
0: Well, I mean, one of the beauties of you know this this current time is that you know you have we have access to so many ways of just putting stuff out there. I mean, there's no
1: it's true zero yeah.
0: guarantee that anybody will listen or, or read or, or watch. But if you just get working on something and you want to share it, it's never been easier. You
1: know, <laughs> right? I could I could throw some twenty songs on Bandcamp for yes. a dollar.
0: Right, exactly. You
1: know, and I'll be, and I'll be entirely happy. But
0: yeah, the, yeah, there. the 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 thing that hasn't changed is, I think the percentage of people with something to actually say, I think that's pretty constant. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's, what I mean. Just because yeah. you can, maybe doesn't mean you should. Yeah, exactly,
1: <laughs> and that's that's something that will also be on my mind. <laughs> you know, well, you can
0: and should, but I mean, I mean the you, the more uh, general, you know. Yeah.
1: But you know, the I'm also all of us charge you. of quality control in my head, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully, the, the, the quality control officer in my head, um, you know, is, <laughs> is, is is on his game as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, they will. <laughs> yeah, they they're they're very well compensated, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have about eighty. Eighty little songs in my phone right now, so we'll wow, see, uh, how many of them make make it out into the world?
0: That's cool. Well, I'll, I'll looking look forward to hearing whatever ten of them or seven or twenty. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how many. Do, what's what's a good we'll batting see. average? It's, it's not it's not baseball to,
1: I, know, I level, always, but like you know, less
0: probably, right?
1: <laughs> I, I think if you can get ten, yeah, ten out of it done good
0: that's awesome see like yeah you wouldn't make the major leagues but in music you can it, it counts each one of them could count right. for a lot more you
1: know like. yeah yeah but it's the you know it's just making them is the important thing you know you can't, oh, oh for sure you know, if you stop moving you stop you start to ossify and uh you know it's already getting hard to move around
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Pain. Yeah. Time, time is not kind. Uh, <laughs> it's no, what, what it does to bodies, you know, not, yeah, not a pretty. Yeah. It's not a pretty process. <laughs> it's
1: Not
0: pretty. It is not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Should, should we wrap this thing up? Uh, sure. Put
1: a bow on it.
0: I know. I mean, since. Like one of the beauties of selling is,
1: M- is an NFT. Yeah, uh, you know because Don't just it, put it out there. It's it's
0: not pegged <laughs> to, to any kind of publication cycle. Yeah, uh, you're not here promoting your your new thing.
1: You I'm not promoting a damn thing except That's, you. I'm promoting you. Oh. Thanks. Um, well, and one once, once hey, it is, hey, this is Rick Rizzo. Love Dream Day. Yeah. Listen to the <laughs> my <laughs> first my my first
0: ad. I I I'll I'll I'll, 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 Ven, I'll Ven Venmo you some some cash <laughs> for for that little plug. <laughs> no, yeah, one of the you know one of the big challenges and the continued challenges of me and the. Int- doing shit on the internet is like i quit social media and i'm not going back so i really need
1: god to, i hear you uh
0: I, it's just well you know i quit in 2015 and it saved my fucking mind because you know what started in 2015 was led to 2016 yeah. and uh right <laughs> uh,
1: yeah i just uh i just uh deactivated my twitter yeah and i there was some muscle memory like problems there for a while with like yeah what do i check what do i check now yeah and i'm still looking for things to check to find out what's going well on because it
0: it, it 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 builds in the expectation uh yeah
1: yeah but i i realize like i'm not miserable i know anymore. uh yeah twitter made me fucking miserable because it and keeps was...
0: throwing things in your face that you could live without yeah knowing right yeah. then and that was reading
1: that was reading the things that were made for me
0: I know. You know. Yeah, in um, your silo, in your echo chamber that you chose. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I yeah.
1: and I and I really dropped off of Facebook mm-hmm. to where I barely check it. I took it off my phone and my iPad. Yeah. So I have to be at my PC to look at it. So that's rare. Yeah. And Instagram, I'm just not that. Uh, I love the photo aspect of it, and it's a social app. I have no interest in it and I'm just tired of liking things and being liked and
0: that was the best thing is um, I never I never had to like anything again I could actually like it you know like and I didn't have to demonstrate to any public out there you know my you know all the things that I liked you, yeah you can, you can so very, I, you know, I
1: know yeah. you've you've left Substack. yes but just um, very
0: recently yeah
1: I I don't know um i i read a couple of things on there you do Um,
0: yeah i i yeah i don't read many uh other news somebody
1: recommended uh heather cox richardson to me
0: oh yeah she's really really big
1: and and i like i like reading her because it's stuff that i would have to search you know try to find through twitter some of the things that were going on yeah um and she kind of has her finger on the pulse of things that you don't get in the newspaper or on
0: the evening news yeah i I mean i like the newsletter format and i'd been monkeying around with it long before i quit twitter you know twitter was Mm -hmm. really the only one i ever did for a long period of time in terms of social media but i was on there for seven years i did i did serious time in the twitter so you did your time oh yeah i did i felt ready to retire but uh when I did, uh, but yeah, the newsletters definitely scratch that itch, you know. And once, well, now since I did Substack and there's a paid aspect to it, there's a second newsletter. But like every Monday, the free newsletter comes out, and that kind mm-hmm. of orders my week, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: a it's a discipline. I, I haven't missed one in m- many years, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you, your your stuff is, is interesting and fun to read. Thank you, no. thank you. It's you know, it's it it serves
0: a purpose. It's it's a lot of it's kind of rough drafts for other things I'm working on. You know, it, it gets yeah. it out there, and then I can. I, I think of a lot of. To me, a lot of the internet is a great. It's like a sketchbook, rough draft place. You know.
1: Well, there's a need to share what comes out of your head. You know. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you don't, if you don't go hang out at the bar like yeah. I don't do anymore, which. Yeah life revolved around the rainbow for years yeah i don't do that anymore so you kind of like you need something to be able to talk and see what's going on in people's heads and letting people know what you're thinking i don't don't know i think it's important yeah it's yeah all the media that do that
0: yeah uh and yeah there's something yeah with the newsletter because it's you know delivered to by email for the most part it's it's a little bit more personal than than this kind of like carpet bombing of social media, you know. Of yeah. A, of uh, little bits and pieces of information, and because it's not, you know, every hourly or by the minute, uh, there's time where you have to do a little bit of thinking before you throw it up there, you know.
1: Yeah. So well, I'll it, see you Saturday, right? Oh yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah yeah. Well, I'll put
1: you, I'll put you on the list because I don't think I have anyone. No.
0: Too late. I bought a ticket. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I'm 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 super happy. That's it's. I'm flattered, but uh, yeah. I try not to do that uh, (laughs) to 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 friends, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I hear you. No, because yeah, it's not. Yeah. If 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 I can afford it, I always try to pay. Uh, but I'm I'm super looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for doing this, and I'll let you know when it's up. Part of it yeah yeah it's fun it's it's crazy how many people said yes speaking of people wanting to talk they either want to talk to me or they just have things to say but i'm basically Mm -hmm. booked into the fall (laughs) you know with this this project it's going to be once a week i'm going to post them on wednesdays uh yeah Uh but yeah i'll let you know it's going to be yeah probably like three or four weeks when this one will go up
1: sounds good sweet thanks rick all right, bye Dimitri, see you.
0: Bye.